think I mentioned that. The second affair, mm. I, I was not, I ne- my wife had no idea. Six months um, or uh, seven months later, mm. God woke me up one morning and said, you have to tell her, you can't, mm. we, the place I'm taking, you can't carry this with you. And you have to give her an opportunity to forgive and me to teach her forgiveness like me. And I'm like, God, that doesn't make any sense. Like, I'm better. I'm good. Mm. Like, why would we do that? And 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 so he's like, mm. do it. And he didn't tell me that we would have reconciliation, me and my wife. He didn't tell me that we would stay together. It was this idea of the husband's job is to return his wife back to God. Welcome to the Empowered Manhood Podcast, where men rediscover courageous masculinity. Pull up a chair as we gain strength from the stories of God working in the lives of ordinary men today. These men have discovered that in a world of superficiality and isolation, we need authentic brotherhood to gain strength for the battles we face every day. Brought to you by the ministry of CLC, which challenges men to an uncommon pursuit of Christ, welcome to Empowered Manhood. Hey guys, welcome back to the Empowered Manhood Podcast. My name is Mike Hatch, and I am your host, and I will be joined shortly by best-selling author Chris Bollinger. Today, we are interviewing author Torres McLean. He is the author of a new book called Man Code, Breaking Free from Sexual Sin to Become the Man God Called You to Be. Man, it was an amazing conversation. (laughs) I don't know what it is, but God seems to continue to bless us with some incredible guests. Uh, So a little background on Torres. Torres is the co-founder of the Hope Ambassadors with his wife, Kelly. And that's a ministry that equips Christians with the spiritual and practical tools to address the challenges keeping them from walking in their purpose so they can impact and serve others. When he's, of course, not helping fellow believers discover a life of purpose and intention, he's home in in Detroit, Michigan with his wife, Kelly, and their four children. Now, before we get into that interview, I just want to thank you for listening to the Empowered Manhood podcast. We are grateful for you, and it has been so great getting to know some of you, hearing from some of you. And again, want to encourage you, if you haven't reached out yet, please email me at mhatch at clchq.org. We would love to hear from you, get feedback from you about uh, the podcast, if we're covering the topics and subjects that you want us to cover. We want to make sure that, uh, that, that we are covering things that you want to hear about and learn about. So reach out, give us your feedback. Also, remember, this is a listener-supported podcast. CLC is a nonprofit, and uh, we need your support. So if that's something you'd like to do, if you'd like to help support CLC in our mission in uh, for discipling men, You can go to our website at clchq.org, click on the big blue donate button on the top right side of the homepage, uh, and then it'll bring up a drop-down menu. You can pick a specific amount. You can pick a monthly amount, a custom amount. Uh, Just make sure you designate your donation to the National Fund, and then in the comments, say Empowered Manhood. That way we'll know it came uh, through you and through the podcast. So, hey, so good to be with you guys today. Thank you for listening. This is going to be an incredible interview. Let's go ahead and jump into it. Here is now Torres McLean. Torres McLean, welcome to the Empowered Manhood podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yeah, we're excited to have you, man. 
And uh, so once again, as I said in the intro, you are the author of uh, the most, well, I want to say your most recent book, but it's, it's your most recent and only book so far, but first one of many, we'll see first one of many, maybe. Um, But you wrote the book, Man Code, Breaking Free from Sexual Sin to Become the Man God Called You to Be. And man, when I, when I saw that book, man, when I saw uh, the title of it, I resonated immediately. Um, I know, you know, Chris would resonate as well. And uh, I'm just so grateful having, you know, already talked to you for, for a bit before in preparation for this podcast, man. I'm so grateful for you and, uh, and the work you've done to pull that book together. I think it's a message that is so critical to our culture, to, for men today. And, um, and so I'm really excited to hear more about you, your story, what led you to write the book. And then, um, really I tell me if I'm wrong, but I kind of see that book as, as being the, um, the expression of those things that you learned and, and the, the, uh, experience you went through. So, um, but anyway, let's start first of all, as we always do with, uh, with your fence post story. And, uh, once again, for those guys who are listening for the first time, just imagine a fence along a property and you've got the horizontal pieces, but those vertical pieces hold up the whole thing and mark those most significant moments or people in your life that make you who you are today. And so, uh, so Torres share, if you would, a few fence posts with us uh, so we can get to know you a little bit better. Yeah, no, thanks again for having me. I love just the whole concept of the fence post because it really is the story that brought me here. Otherwise I wouldn't be here. And so um, you know, I was baptized when I was 18 years old and from, from, you know, really growing from God drawing me in from his love and really to the point of, um, really becoming a Christian and becoming a child of God. I didn't know anything about it. Um, from mm-hmm. a headspace, it was just really our communication and talking to God through prayer him really just drawing me in. And he led me, you know, one day to accept an altar call and accept him as my Lord and savior. And, uh, And so from that point on, after that, it became a series, when I look back on it now, a fork in the road type moments where Mm -hmm. you have a moment to follow God and what he's doing, or you have a moment to kind of follow what the world is saying or what you want to do. And, and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, like the first one was in a relationship. It was like, okay, God says, you know, it was right after really I got baptized, like, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's like, okay, we love each other, you know, but I know this isn't right. And it was like that fork in the road moment. Do you do what God says or do you kind of do what you want to do? And and so Mm. I did what I wanted to do, you know, Mm. I'm sure what the devil was leading me to. And, you know, we had premarital sex and, 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 and I can see a few of those moments kind of like forming right after, uh, like I was baptized and I didn't have, um, like a discipleship in my life. I wasn't, Mm. um, I was going to church, but it wasn't, a consistent uh, discipleship relationship that I had with one person or within like even a a church type setting. And so, um, and I didn't have a lot of knowledge. And so what I found Mm. was it went like this for a few years where I was in a spiritual war and Mm. didn't know it and didn't have Mm. tools to really make godly choices Mm. and was relying on my own strength, which, you know, I was, I was a baby, I was, I was a baby Christian. I had no real strength to do so. And so I would win those battles a lot, but really the way it went is when bad things were happening and God would wake me up and say, see, and then I would do good for a while. And then I would get right. work in a row moments again. And so really when it really took a shift, I would say um, it was probably 50, 50, but like around 21, 22, when I started getting into 
um, serious life kind of type choices, getting ready to go, graduate from college. And what am I going to do with my life? And, mm. you know, even after graduating work and just really like some of the mm. stresses that come about, I started being in situations where I had fear, rejection, mm. uh, didn't know what I was supposed to do. And, and, and because of these fork in a row mm. moments, when I was kind of lukewarm, uh, choosing mm. my own way, I was a little disconnected from God. And, and I, and, and I know God is always with us, but mm. I, wasn't fellowshipping with him to really have his spirit to guide me and lead me. And so I was imploding from the, from the inside out and in a way that started to really manifest. Um, and obviously um, we all, not we all, but men at times can struggle with sexual sin or desires to do things that are unholy in that regard. And so that's an independent issue. I don't want to ever make an excuse, but what I found is with that already kind of existing in me, I found partying and, and drinking and mm-hmm. um, having sex with women really became uh, my outlet. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and it was strengthened by my own fleshy desires to obviously want to um, have sex with women. But it was but it was a lot more. And, 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 and what I found myself is in serious bondage because those things became my idol. It became the way that I dealt with fear instead of God. It became the way I dealt with, you know, and I kind of getting a little ahead of myself. But the but the point is this dichotomy of me realizing that I was not being who God called me to be. And I was growing farther away from that 18 year old kid that got baptized. And I didn't. And I was. And, and I. But at the same time, I was still doing what I didn't desire to do. Mm. And it was I live like this from my, basically my whole mid twenties, just this dichotomy internal war of mm. trying to make the right choice, not doing it. And, and, and mm. I had my wife at the time was my girlfriend and she didn't know I was living like this. And I was trying my best to, li- to keep it from her, but living this double life. And it was destroying me, you wow. know? And, um, when we so got- you real quick, I'm sorry. So just to clarify, so you had your, your current wife now was your girlfriend at the time. Yes. She didn't know that you were partying and having sex with these other women is, is what you're saying. Is that no, right? well, she, she knew I was like partying and things like that. And me and her, honestly, we were, we were, we were trying to do best, but we were actually having sex as well. But yeah. So, but she, she didn't know that I was cheating and she didn't Got know I was having sex with other women. Maybe I was going out with the guys yeah. and things like that and drinking, but she didn't know that I was struggling with this, with this issue um, of sexual sin. Hmm. And, and so the guilt from hiding it from her minus, the, I mean, uh, adding on the guilt of, you know, the conviction from God, but then the still doing the same thing, it, it was almost, it was, it was destroying me literally. Um, but I just kept kind of trucking along this way. Mm. And so finally me and her, we, um, uh, we got pregnant when, when we were around 26, um, we had our son and then 10 days later we got married. And then I actually went off into, uh, got a new job that moved me away and I went to training. And so for that period of time, because of the rigorousness of the training and kind of the separation, having a new family, there was kind of a calm in this war. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, I think sometimes we think when we get married, oh, like it'll all stop. And so for me, <laughs> it kind of seemed like that. And, oh, yeah. but sure enough, us being a young family, us not really dealing with these issues or, 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 or handling things the way we should be, we started having problems and, and just friction. Mm-hmm. And, and, and as soon as that occurred, along with the stress of a new job, I did what I always did, which was go out, 
party and then I I, I had sex with with a with a uh, with a woman and um, mm. my wife found out and um, she found out I would say she had the evidence but I wouldn't say I was cornered I had an opportunity to lie about it but but at but at the place I was looking at I just said what do you gain mm. if you continue look look how far you've come you've cheated on your wife. And, and this is so far from the 18 year old person that you thought you would never do something like this. Mm-hmm. And so I just kind of came clean. Mm-hmm. That started a series of just really repentance and God developing me. And, and I really, a lot of the content of the book came in this time period, you know? And so that's the, that's the main fence story. And, but the other part of it is I grew so much. God poured out so much love, so much wisdom, so much healing. and mm-hmm. and. I didn't even know what to do with it. And I was really changing, but there was a mm. component that there was still a big void that didn't like allow me to completely break free. <clears throat> and that was that I saw myself as a cheater. I, I knew I was doing differently. I was proud of myself. Mm. I was like, wow, this is really working. God, like mm. who knew, but I just saw myself as a cheater who was doing good. And so on the back of my mind, and I know the devil was whispering, mm. can you really keep this up? is this really sustainable? I know you're doing good right now, but this isn't who you are, you know? And, and it was just these lies and it's filling. And so, you know, really wrapping up is that it came to a point where I was getting ready to go out of town and I felt God tell me like, you're going to be tested. And mm. I was like, okay. And, and I kind of was embracing it because I deep down, I think really wanted to know, like, is this real? Like, can I do it? Um, and when I went out, um, off out of work, did the same thing, man. I fell, I drunk and I ended up having sex with another woman. And so this is my second affair, but, but the, but the, the difference, and I felt bad after the first one, but the level of conviction that, that came over me, I mean, instantly, as soon as I was done, I was a wreck and a mess. Mm. And, and I knew at that moment, I could hear clearly God telling me, you're not a cheater. You're a child of God who cheated and, mm. and, and you can continue to live like this or do this every now and then, but it's going to destroy you because you're a different person. And, and that was the identity piece that really solidified all the work I had been doing to let me know I wasn't just acting and doing good, but that this is who you are. This is who I created you to be. And, and, and the behaviors that you're fighting to, 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 to display and the work I'm doing on inside is just a manifestation of who you are in me. And, and that broke me completely free. And that was, um, you know, mm-hmm. five years ago at this point, six years ago, maybe almost. And, and, and it's a whole different type of walk now, you know, I, I'm, I'm strong in a way that I didn't know I ever could be. And it's really a, a testament to what God will do with the most broken places of us. And so, um, yeah, thanks for the opportunity to share, man. Praise God, man. What a, there's so much you said in there too. I took a lot yeah, of notes. Exactly. <laughs> Chris, you got, you got some notes there. I'm sure I got, too. Notes. I, I got all <laughs> kinds of, all kinds of things I want to ask questions about. Um, Taurus, the first thing that you mentioned early on was that, uh, you got baptized at 18, but you reckon you recognize now, and maybe you recognize it then that you really weren't being discipled. Can you talk a little bit about 
you know, what that was like and how that contributed to your struggles and, you know, and tell us what's happening now. Are, are you with a group of men now? Are you getting that accountability, that discipleship that you need, or is that still an area where you're really struggling? Right. No, great question. Um, I didn't even know what discipleship was. You know, I, I, my family, I grew up in a great family, a loving family, and they showed me the love of God. Um, we, we were like church goers every day and like mm-hmm. biblical knowledge and, and discipleship. These weren't terms that I was familiar with. All I, my, my relationship with God really established through seeing my cousin praying about simple things like well, before we got ready to play video games. Hey, where's the video game controller? And I'm like, you can pray about that. And so it was an organic growth and I'm appreciative of that. Mm-hmm. But after I got baptized, I didn't even think anything differently. And 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 and, and I don't want to push it on anybody because I believe the opportunities were probably there, but nobody pulled me aside or I didn't know. I just got baptized and I went back to doing what I was supposed to do. And so, right. yeah, um, I think that if I had a, had a, a person I could trust, a person I could relate to, to say, not just teach me about the Bible, which would have been awesome, but really to let me know, hey, this is what's kind of you can expect moving forward. Like, you mm-hmm. know, this is a spiritual war and mm-hmm. you got to grow. And, you know, just to point me, because I, I I think I was blindsided by mm-hmm. you think you get baptized, you think you come to God and everything's just perfect. You know, mm-hmm. you know really, I didn't even know about the devil in, in that context. And so, yeah, yeah it would have helped. And now, you know, I have a I have a spiritual father, you know, I, I call mm-hmm. him pastor. Um and he's really been a, a God sent into my life. He's just somebody I can trust. Then on top of that, uh, me and my family, we belong to a church and we're, you know, we don't just go, but we're connected mm-hmm. and getting to know the people more and more and serving. And then um, just organic, even though like with you guys, like staying mm-hmm. connected, whether it be mm-hmm. more conferences or even me, I run a men's group where um, we're sharing ideas. And so I'm, I'm, I'm in the process of being discipled. I'm with a church who's interested in discipleship. And then I'm also discipling and God is working in all those different areas to disciple me, you know? And so, um, no, man, I truly believe in discipleship and I truly believe the enemy's goal is to keep us alone and feel like we're the only ones going through, um, the common things that, that we all face. Amen. Amen. I, I love how you verbalize your experience and and describe you, you've you can tell you've <laughs> I can tell you've written a book because you've done a lot of thinking about right. your process and putting pen to paper that I think just in general man that's a side note but like journaling even if even if you don't write a book just journaling man to be able to like come up with those words to describe what's going on inside of you are so important and I'm hearing that from you um which is really cool to hear but um so one of the other things I wanted to ask you about that you had mentioned, well, actually, so yeah, so I wanted to actually, I wanted to elaborate a little bit more on what Chris asked about, because I can see there possibly being a lot of men, at least that I've run into who are in a very similar place that you just described where um, they were lacking knowledge or they were lacking kind of the being maybe in step with the spirit might be a way of saying it. Um, and, uh, and then I, and may have had some kind of spiritual uh, foundation laid of some sort, but just don't, don't have that. I don't know what, what's that, that missing piece, you know what I mean? And, and maybe that's the man code that, uh, that your book talks about, but, uh, but I, yeah, I'm, I'm, have you, 
I'm wondering how many, I'm sure you've talked to guys who've had a lot of, who've resonated with your book um, yeah. and maybe related, right? Yes. Yes. Um, yes. I, I, I believe that when I wrote the book, God, even though I was different when I wrote it, God had me write it back to my old self. And then he, mm-hmm. and then he sent, and then, I, and then I kind of relate to those men as you just described. And I think what it is, is um, they may be on the cusp of, 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 of maybe, maybe new to faith or even um, been walking with God in, in a personal manner, but, but are still um, kind of learning. And, and, and they don't understand everything. And, and some of it's foreign. And, and, and I think that I was ignorant, not, not consciously um, hmm. ignoring things that became later, but just very unaware of the things of God, you know? And so I, I think maybe if I'm understanding hmm. the question and make sure, and, and then ask me again, I think some of the things that really, that I'm finding with, with, with men is that we have, at that point, all of this worldly thinking, worldly um, doctrine, I guess, that's been put in us. Yeah. You know, and, and we're full of it. And 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 <laughs> when we have an encounter with God, and that's everybody really. Yeah. We yeah. God, we it's refreshing to us, but there's there's still all this gunk on the inside that that is dictating how we view God, how we view life. And we're making our choices around that. And we don't even know, we, we mm. don't even realize that this is what's happening. And, and, that, and so when we're mm. fighting the battle. We're fighting it from the best we know how, but it's, it's not as equipped as we should be. And so I think that mm. um, there has to become a process of awakening and realization mm. of that, where you realize it's not that I'm a bad person. It's not that I'm horrible is that I don't know what I don't know. Or I don't have what I don't have. And I, and I need to realize mm. that so that I can make better choices. And then, and then it becomes a point of finding out, we know God is the answer, but, but what things have God given us, like you said, discipleship or men's group to close that gap from where we want to be and who we have made a commitment. Okay. I'm a Christian. I, I love God. But like, what does that look like? What does that mean? Where is that information at? And 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 not just information, but where is the spirit of the Lord at? Mm. You know, in reading the Bible, in church, in discipleship. I think we consider those things. That's what good Christians do, or that's what good people do. But I think that's you know legalism. Mm. But but in terms of really growing, we need to look at those things as an avenue for us to experience God and learn, so that then God can tell us what is the thing we should be doing? You know, we don't get the good Christian from these external things. We get experience with God and then he'll lead us into what to do. So I think it's really just Hmm. an opportunity to be shifted from all this worldly things. And and I, and I think that's what I was so impacted by the world. I didn't even realize it, even though God was pulling me to him. Man, that's a great point. I think of uh, a lot of guys who might be out there who, so in your, in your situation though, God was, he had you like, and, and he was, he was working on you, uh, which seems to be clear. You were ignorant in some ways and, and you needed a wake up call. And he gave that to you. Praise God for that. Praise God for your wife sticking with you. And I'm sure God's work in her life and in your marriage. Oh my gosh. Praise God. So many things there just to, to praise him for his faithfulness in the midst of all that. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I think what I don't want, and I think what God doesn't want is I did go through it in a, in a hard knocks kind of way. And, 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 and mm. we all have to go through our journeys where we're not going to be perfect. And God is going to use the, the worst points I believe to bring out <laughs> his glory. I think that's general, but I do think at the same time, God is having me plead and sending me the message to show people that's what man code is about is written from a place of not a high place. This is like, this is all the mistakes I made. And this mm-hmm. is what God did because I think if we can catch people before they go down the path that I went through um, and, and that's what I desire. I can't change what I did. I can't change my life and all glory to God. He's just going to use it all. But even with that being said, I'm not proud of it. And I don't want anybody to necessarily not have some of the bread that God has given me. Mm-hmm. And that's what I believe that I'm trying to do is really say, hey, this is this is what happened when you do it the way I did it. And even though it came out beauty for ashes, you don't have to do it this way. There's a different mm-hmm. way, you know, and, 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 mm-hmm. and so that's what I hope. Torres, you... Your breakthrough, it seems to me, was centered around your identity. You mentioned that after you got caught the first time, you saw yourself, and and you mentioned that this was really coming from Satan, that Satan was kind of whispering this in your ear, but you you saw yourself as a cheater who was doing good, that you were you were working hard to stay on the right path, but in your heart, you were you were a cheater mm. and that was your identity yeah mm. and then when you cheated the second time you had that revelation that no you're a child of god who ha- has cheated but you know it was really a, a it sounds like it was a dramatic shift yeah. can you talk a little bit about the importance of really understanding your identity as a child of God and how that has made a difference in your life moving forward from that second time. Yeah. Um, amen. I, you know, it was like, you know, I say it like a stronghold, but it, you know, came down, uh, from how I saw myself, but it was like my eyes really, I could see myself for who I really was. And in the book, I call it identity, um, crisis versus identity in Christ. Mm. And, and and what it, and what it really is is when when you are seeing yourself in a way that God hasn't created you, then it's almost like you're working against uh, who you feel, and that feels like bondage. It feels like misery because you feel like you're you're. We're all called to deny ourselves, but you feel like you're fighting against the very core and DNA of who you are, and it mm-hmm. makes the fight so much harder because you want to do. You want everybody wants to be who they are. And so as long as we see ourselves as our sin or we see ourselves as our mistakes or our failures, the enemy has a nice foothold to say, uh, yeah, why do you want to do that? Like you, you should do this. And really, ultimately, he wants to say you'll never really be able to get free or you'll right. never be able to change because this is who you are. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and that, I believe, is some, is some of the strongest bondage. And so when we see ourselves in identity in Christ, God foreknew us when we was in our mother's womb, you know, mm-hmm. and, and he he saw us as his child. Now, we had to go through the process of the revelation to it. But that's something established before we made a mistake, before right. we were ever, 
you know, made a, a made, you know, made a bad choice. And, and so when we know that this is how God sees me and when I believe in Jesus Christ, I come into agreement with God and I'm, I'm now a child of God. That's who I am. That's independent of everything else. That's independent of even how you think. That's independent of how what you what you've done and 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 even what you desire. And and now you're bringing <clears throat> thoughts, your your choices, even your mistakes to alignment with with that thought process. And then mm. the question is, okay, God, this is who I am. How do I act like this? Right, right. Because I'm not acting like this, but I know this is who I am. I believe this and faith is who I am. I need help this manifesting out in my life, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that's a different thought process and a different battle. And for me, it changed the whole fight in the day-to-day work that that, that you Mm -hmm. must do if you're trying to get free. But it's not a matter of just self-control and discipline. It's a different uh, type of thought process. Right. Yeah. You can never, if you, if you are a sinner, if you view yourself as a cheater who is simply trying not to cheat, then the, the best you can do is, is tie. You can never win. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you're, you're, you're playing, a, you're playing a sport or a game where you can't win. Right. The best you can do is, mm-hmm. is a zero, zero draw. Yeah. Um, but when your identity is a child of God, then yeah, you know, you're going to make mistakes along the way, but you ultimately you already won. Yes. You just have to realize that. And then you have to, like you said, you have to learn, be instructed by God and by others as to how you can really live out your true identity. So I think, I think that's an excellent point. That's great, Chris. And I think, I think we're unhappy. I think we're unhappy yep. when we're winning, when, when we're doing what we're supposed mm. to do. We're unhappy about it because we feel it's not really me. Mm. Like this is not right. really me. And so you're unhappy about being who you are. And, and that has to shift. And Emmy is trying to keep us trapped like that. So Chris, you said it beautifully. Man. Yeah, I wrote I, I wrote down, I wrote down sustainable with a question mark when you were going through that section because yeah, you, you were, you know, you were saying, okay, I, go ahead and test me and I'm gonna, I'm gonna win the test. But is that sustainable? Can can you live your entire life? trying to pass every test. I mean, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's just not, it's not sustainable. Dude, you know what I just thought of? Oh my gosh. I, okay. Jesus interaction with Peter Mm -hmm. before Jesus crucifixion. Okay. And maybe that, maybe there's a correlation here with, with your story Torres, or maybe, I don't know if you thought of this or not, but like what Jesus said to Peter, he said, Hey, look, you are going to actually know he didn't, he wasn't specific to Peter. He, he told the disciples first as, as all 12 of them said, Hey, FYI guys, you're all going to abandon me. Okay. Just know this. Peter, his pride pumped up, mm-hmm. said, huh, not me. And yeah, that, even if, even if all the rest do it, not me. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's when Jesus got specific. Right. Right. <laughs> Peter was like, no, Peter, let me guess real specific with you. You'll deny me three times before the, the, the rooster crows. Right. And, and, uh, but he says this though, he says, but at once you've returned or after you've turned back, uh, encourage your brothers. Mm-hmm. So that is so, that's always been profound for me because he was literally telling him before he fell, you're going to fall, but I know, 
I prayed for you that you're not going to break. You're going to, you're going to stick with me. I'm, you know, and then when you've come through that, make sure you encourage your brothers in that. That's, I feel like that's what he did with you, Torres, in, in that moment. So when he said he was, he was testing you, it was, it's more than maybe in, in a sense, you falling was part of the plan. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying that to give a pass. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I don't mean that. I know what you mean. It was wrong. Um, and you've accepted responsibility for it, but yeah, I don't know. Does that, does that resonate with you? No, I think it does. And, and I think that what you're saying is God already knew what yes. I was going to do, you know, right. yep. and so he already forgave me, made it available. And, 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 and just like Peter had a redemptive plan, you know? Yes. So, yep. Yeah. Yeah. And so. No, that's powerful. And I think, and I'm going to chew on that a little later, but I think, <laughs> I think, like you said, the test wasn't mean, God. It wasn't, yeah, I'm setting you up, prove yourself. It, right. It, it, his refinement was already in the, in the, the process. Yeah. And so he already wanted Peter to understand that I'm still calling you and mm. I'm still choosing you and I'm forgiving you beforehand. Like you have it beforehand. And so after you do it, don't let the lies of the enemy draw you away from me, which Peter did for a while. His guilt, you know, but yep, yep. He's so guilty. The Lord restored him three times, you know, my sheep, feed my sheep, you know. Uh, and yeah, I I don't know if I ever thought about it in that regard. I was so crushed Mm. uh, right after the second one, but I do know that. Um, it was no book in sight then, but I do know at some point, mm-hmm. yeah, came. This is a message that I want you to give to um, your 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 fellow men. You know, your fellow yep. men. Yeah, that's a um, great segue. <laughs> that's a great transition, actually. So, turning to your book for a moment. Yeah. Um, first of all, I I let, let me start with a kind of a broad bigger picture kind of question first. Um, what is the man code? Great question. So um, I think it's what we touched on earlier. You you grow up with this thought process of what a man is. Yeah. How you respond to situations, women, and just what the bravado and the thought process of a man is. And so really where man code, I believe, really was birthed out of is like I broke man codes, you know, worldly man codes. Mm. Um, you don't tell on yourself. And, and I don't think I mentioned that the second affair. Mm. I, I was not I met my wife had no idea. Six months um, or uh, seven months later, mm. I. I just God woke me up one morning and said, you have to tell her. You can't, we, the place I'm taking, you can't carry this with you. And you have to give her an opportunity to forgive and me to teach her forgiveness like me. And I'm like, God, that doesn't make any sense. Like, I'm better. I'm good. Mm. Like, why would we do that? And 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 so he's like, mm. do it. And he didn't tell me that we would have reconciliation, me and my wife. He didn't tell me that we would stay together. It was this idea of the husband's job is to return his wife back to God, mm-hmm. you know, holy. And, 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 and this was an opportunity, even if it was my last, 
to return, to do something for my wife and, and allow her to take mm-hmm. this to God. And I know when I say it, I can almost still feel the, what are you, t-? you know, you kidding me? But it was, it was an opportunity <laughs> for God to say, I'm going to bless her through this. And, and, and you can't be selfish because of what you lose. And so, and God is faithful. He's done it in my wife. And, and so that's, you know, a, a story for another time, but that's mm-hmm. the, you don't do that though. Where, where, what I was taught, you do not tell uh, on yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and even the first time, I wasn't caught to the degree that I was brought up to know that that's you tell on yourself. I had an out. The out was, no, you didn't catch me. <laughs> yeah, there's some, maybe some text messages, but yeah, I, I had an out to lie and continue the path. And so when I told, you know, mm-hmm. people who still think, on the worldly context, their reactions, and I put a lot of reactions in the book, were like, whoa, like, you didn't have to do that. And, 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 and I broke it. And then not to mention it, now I wrote a book on it. Right. And so <laughs> it's the breaking the man code on steroids that now you told on me. And, and in essence, and this is what I work through, men feel like you're telling on them, right? Like, like, mm. like they, they, they have this book and I didn't want to make it breaking free from sexual sin. I didn't want that to be the title, but I felt like that's what God wanted me to be. Cause I said, God, they're not going to want to buy it. It's, you know, it's what mm. God is like, just put it right on there and call it right out because I know mm. there's a shame, there's a hiding and there's a man rule that like, even if we talk about this at the bar over drinks, right? Like, or wherever we are, we don't we don't ever tell women and we don't talk about this in public and so that's where the title really comes from me shifting the thought process that this isn't it's a broken code and it's a broken thought process and the way god is teaching us um it's better you know man so good Can you walk us Chris, through? I, yeah. I haven't had a chance to look at the book yet, Taurus. So can you walk just walk us through kind of the flow? Yeah. So, you know, what do you cover and and why did you structure it that way? Yeah, um, the, it, it's it's almost and it's been described this way too. It's almost like movie narrative type. Um, it's not it's mm-hmm. the, I write my story, so it picks up right in the middle of um my story okay. and telling my wife. Um, about confessing to my wife and then it goes through kind of like what I was actually feeling and, and living and then it and then it kind of backtracks takes us back to some of the things I was talking about about 18 and it's and it's kind of what I what 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 I felt the spirit was leading me was to show the dichotomy to let people see both sides of tours and that it's not as simple as you're just a cheater it's not as simple as you're just a bad guy or a good guy there's there's this internal war mm-hmm. going on in men um and, and to really describe that. So I describe a lot of that out with like background on my, my life and where you can see the flesh growing, where you can see the spirit growing, where you can see God develop me. And so I go through like a narrative mm-hmm. that's that, that I hope to draw readers in and, and, and it has to the story to where they can see themselves in there, kind of break down the, the fear that is that is just preaching at you and it to be transparent enough but it's all about me. You know, we're not talking about you. We're talking about me. And hopefully God will show you where you relate in my story. And so that's like the first three chapters. Okay. Um, 
And then it gets into the battle of the sorrows, um, which is really, okay, I showed you my story and the devastation of it. Let's talk about how to come out of it. And the battle of sorrows is the first step where it's talking about breaking condemnation and shame because the enemy will, that'll keep you Mm. doing the same wrong things even when you don't want to. And then it goes into flesh versus spirit. Um, and then it goes into, we talked about identity and then the root, the root issue. And so, um, after that, and then there's a section called decoded where it just gives you time to like kind of decode everything you've read and take notes in the back. And so that's the general outline of, of the book. I really like that approach, Torres. I mean, I think that, and I've, I've heard other people talk about this, how story is so important, you know, your story, my story. I think that. Yeah. stories unlock so many things mm. so if you just if you just come in and say hey here's my four points you know point one point two you know i think that has nowhere near the impact of your approach which is let me tell you my mm. story because men and women too but men see themselves in someone else's story and they can relate it to their own story and they can relate it to mm. god's story and, and if you if you, if you if you talk about how god where he shows up in your story, then I'll start to see, hey, you know, God was with me in in this part of my story. I didn't see it. But now that you've revealed that in your story, I can start to relate it to my story. And I think that's very powerful because it's it's how we relate. It's how we relate to each other. Yeah. It's how we relate to God. It's, you know, the Bible is is one big story. Amen. It's, it's it's composed of a lot of little stories, but y- you see the continuing story throughout it. Yeah. So I re- I really like I want to applaud you for taking that approach because I think it not only helps men get into your book, but it, but it it unlocks so many other things when you start off with your story. Man, amen, Chris, and and I appreciate that, and I think that's so true. You know, and the the kind of my message when I was writing is decrease. So God can increase. Right. And, and and God would not let me write it mm. with all the good stuff I learned without putting in all my my mm-hmm. mistakes. Mm-hmm. And, and and people are reading it in like a day. And I mean, it's not a it's not a huge, thick book. It's one hundred and, you know, 30 or 40 pages. And I, and I tried to write it. I wasn't even a reader until a few years ago. And so I wrote it. But it's people are reading it fast because I think it's disarming. Mm. It's disarming. Mm-hmm. It's not, right. it's not coming at them. And I think it's because people see a human writer and a, and a person that's really uh, right there with them. Like, you know, I'm just, a, I'm just a guy that God pulled out of the mire that I got mm-hmm. myself into. And it's really just a story of this. For me, the part I love about it, it's a gospel, it's the gospel. It's really mm-hmm. a story about God and what he mm-hmm. can do. And uh, it was a process getting to the place where I would share all my stuff, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. and it's very transparent. It's Mm -hmm. very, very transparent. I didn't share every single detail and it's not vulgar, but it's, it's, it's honest. And it's things that I didn't particularly as a person want to put myself in a vulnerable position for people to like to know, but I had to, because I wanted people to see Mm -hmm. my human relatability so they knew that when i tell you the good stuff understand that i've been in the in the in the fire as well i've been in the bad place you know and so mm-hmm. i'm not i'm not talking above you i know exactly what you're thinking and what you're going through because I, I was it you know right I 
It's huge. We need to we need to reflect Christ. We need to point people to the one that that uh, that's the ultimate provider, um, the one we're ultimately dependent on desperately. And uh, yeah, we, we got to watch. It's so easy with our egos to kind of make it about us and say, hey, look at what I did and follow my three rules of this or five steps to that. And uh, and it's not that simple. It's so much messier. Um, life is hard, but God is faithful. And, uh, and, and it's finding him in, in those, in the mire, like you were talking about where he comes through for you. Um, talk a little bit about if you would, and, and I feel like we're, we're, we're touching on a little bit here, the flesh versus the spirit. Um, if you wouldn't mind unpacking a little bit of, of that, that chapter in your book, um, I, I think I have a good idea of what you mean, but I'd love to hear you, how, how you verbalize it. Yeah. And so um, as I described that dichotomy of myself, you know, I described there's two Tauruses. There were two Tauruses. There was mm. a spirit led Taurus, spirit man, and then there was a fleshly man. Mm. And, and at the time, in, in the thick of the battle, my flesh man was like 6'4", 230 pounds, <laughs> all muscle. <laughs> and, and my spirit man was this tiny little scrawny guy. <laughs> <laughs> that, that there's no way he's winning these, these, not just day to day, but the intricate battles in the daytime, you know, yeah. in the middle of the day. And so what God really showed me is that you are what you eat. And, and, and that's mm. one of like kind of a subtitle in, in the book, but it's, mm. it's the idea that you have to feed your spirit mm. to, to be able to um, win this battle. And then mm. you have to starve your flesh. Mm. And, and he, and he showed me this. Mm. And I think the beauty is again, I did not have discipleship. Um, but God showed me so much and he's faithful. And so I want, I just feel led to encourage somebody that if you don't feel like you have anybody in your life, God will send those people. But until then you have God and you can look for those people. So I just, I want to encourage mm. people that I had God and he was showing me things that now I teach in discipleship where I share with people that I didn't even know was discipleship. But it was getting in the word of God, the Bible, and reading and it being food that would mm-hmm. grow my spirit, man, um, in a tug of war to be able to win mm-hmm. and, and, and to starve the flesh. And so feed the spirit mm-hmm. through reading the Bible, through prayer, through um, worship, through praise, through anything that gives you an encounter with the very spirit of God, it's going to strengthen you. And mm. self-control is a fruit of the spirit. Amen. And I think we try to have self-control without the spirit and try to make our, our devices or the destructive sins that's destroying our life. We try to make it a, a discipline thing. We try to make it mm-hmm. because that's kind of like the manly thing to do. Let me brute force my way through mm. free to freedom, right? I'm just going to, not do this and do this. And we can say that all we want and do that all we want, but Hmm. uh, that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that the spirit of God is going to give us self-control. And so as you, as you, and it's counterintuitive, you, you think you need to focus a hundred percent on discipline, but if you focus on God and, and, and and connecting with God, he will produce self-control and strengthen you and, 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 and pull you to himself. And so that that's the spirit side of it. The flesh side of it is starving. The the things that um, generally speaking, but I guess to keep it specific to sexual sin, um, the movies, the music, the conversations, the imaginations, the, mm. the actions that 
are either appetizers, you know, to the main course that 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 you are trying to stop, or all the things that's planting seeds and 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 thoughts in your life that is strengthening that flesh to mm-hmm. to want to do it. And and the Bible says that if you want to walk in the spirit, keep your mind on the spirit. And and so, you know, I think as you're driving a car and you're looking at God, you're going to naturally go towards that. Your eye, your hands go where your eyes are. But if you're staring at things or taking in hmm. things that are fleshly and we call them harmless, we, we, hmm. they're, we're, they're cultural norms. And, you know, these things get inside of us and produce a fruit that is unrighteous. And that's mainly the things. And so I went through a journey of figuring out how do I feed my spirit? How do I starve my flesh? And it was both of them, not just one of them. And mm. it was it was a process. It, it wasn't overnight. Um, and it, and it, you had to break habits and, and it took work. But the, but the but the reading of the word and the Bible and prayer, it gives you the fuel that you need to fight that battle every day. You know, so you don't lose endurance or grow weary when doing good. I love that analogy because, I mean, fortunately, I'm blessed with a high metabolism, so I don't have to diet. Plus, oh, I exercise gosh. a lot. But Whatever. I know I know people <laughs> who are perpetually dieting, and it's just, it's really tough if, you know, so if you're, you know, that's the starving the flesh side of it. If you're, if you're giving stuff up, <clears throat> but you're not feeding the spirit, then you're just focused on what you're giving up. Yeah. And it becomes more and more attractive, right? Yeah. But if you're simultaneously feeding the spirit, mm-hmm. then you're getting that food. You're yeah. just redirecting it into something healthy. Mm-hmm. So I just love that analogy because I think a lot of us try just the one side of it. Okay, I'm not going to look at that. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to watch that. Yeah. And that's great. You're starving. You're starving the flesh, but you're not feeding the spirit. So yeah. you're, you're just forever. It's again, it's like, it's like a game you can't win. I mean, ultimately if, if all you're doing is the one side of the equation, then you're going to slip up. But if you're, if you're feeding the spirit, I think you're going to succeed. Amen. So real quick too, let's, I, I want to touch on specifically, cause I think this is so important. I think what your, your message here, I, I love it. Oh my gosh. Do I resonate with it? Cause this, that, that you're talking about my story too, as a, a pornography addict and, and someone who has spent a lot of time white knuckling, you know, um, trying to do it on my own and my own power and my own flesh. Um, I mean, I was an athlete. <laughs> I mean, you're what you said, you're six, three, six, two. Uh, uh, no, I'm six feet, but my, my flesh. Was- oh, okay. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. You look tall. That's what I was asking when you said you're six, three or six, four. Well, I'm like five, seven and three quarters, but, um, and that three quarters is important. By the way. <laughs> it's very important. But man, I. <laughs> Not five, seven and a half. No, no. no. Three quarters, baby. And it, you can round up and say five, eight. Anyway, my wife is. She's, yeah. She on the basketball on score sheet, you're five, ten. Just keep that in mind. <laughs> That's right. But, I, you know, I, I'm just used to putting a lot of faith in my bodily ability. You know what I mean? I was just so naturally like you know, we were all, we were all athletes here. So like, you know what it is like to walk out there and just be like, all right, let's go. You know, not everybody's like that, but it can be, it can actually actually sabotage our efforts when it comes to our growth in in our faith. And, uh, and I think it's, I think that's just so important. So what I wanted to touch on was what is, 
what does it specifically look like to feed the spirit? Mm -hmm. I guess that's my question. And we, you can share some, and I'm sure we may come up with ideas too, but I'd love to hear your thoughts first. Yeah, I guess I'll start micro or, or very specific. And so with, with the, with the sexual sin, um, you starving like 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 you guys are talking about. Chris was talking about the the behaviors or the thought process or the activities, but specifically going to the Word of God and finding Scripture that counter to what you're doing that that you know isn't godly. Um, and so you're 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 removing one thing and you're putting in um, something healthy. And, and, and because you gotta, you're gonna, you gotta, you need something to, right. to, to live mm-hmm. off of, you know, something to drive you. And so, um, and I also believe praying about it as well. And, and, and mm-hmm. maybe not always yes. In words, yes. Asking God, yes. Crying out to God, but sometimes just sitting quietly and letting God pour into you, um, is powerful mm-hmm. too. And then I also think, you know, communion with, other Christians, you know, um, you know, in first John, and I don't know exactly where, but it talks about, we see, or we know God from, from, from each other as well. So it's not only, yes. we only, it's only vertical. God also encounters right. us horizontally with each other. And so, you know, you, you can get your spirit fed worship music, you know, praising God, um, and, and these are things that I think gives life and breath to your spirit to be able to be nourished and grow and breathe. And, and, and if, mm. if you haven't experienced it, it doesn't seem like it's going to work. Like, like I, I, I just want to <laughs> speak to the person that's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I, I need to stop this, you know, but, but this is a fundamental, like, like, like Mike said, it's fundamental because you don't, you may not be able to exactly pinpoint how it's going to help you, but a lot of times later in the day, you have a strength that you can't describe that's giving you that extra thing that when you're trying not to look or when you're trying to do the thing, it's something you're stronger, you're, you're, you're stronger and you can't pinpoint it as good all the time. But as you continue to do it and you continue to see and then don't do it. You see the difference from when you're, you know, feeding your spirit and when you don't. And then you're like, well, I got to eat. I got to eat something. I haven't had a spiritual meal today. And it's and it's showing out, you know, and it's and it's coming out. I'm a little more fleshy today, you know. So, mm, right. Right. Yeah. That answered the question. Oh, it did. Thank you. Yeah, one thing I would add, Mike and Torres, um, just from my own experience, is that I think a lot of sexual sin is is trying to gratify yourself or, or to feel feel kind of a void in yourself i mean you know yeah you, you, like you said you get hungry for something but it's very self-serving yeah whereas we're called to love our wives as christ loved the church and so i think that mm-hmm. and this isn't the most spiritual thing but i think if you focus on your wife and trying to you know mm-hmm. understand her better what are her needs how can i love her today and you know it's not it's not very sexy, but it, it's what it's what she needs, and it's what you need to do. So, um, you know, praying for your wife I, is huge. Pray, too, praying right? for her. What are some yeah. ways I can serve her today? Because uh, let's face it, I mean, I'm not very lovable, and some days my wife's not very lovable. You know, sure. let's, let's be honest. But 
I need to love her anyway. Yeah. And so I need to find those needs that she has. And I'm, I'm not saying I'm great at this, but um, I've learned that if I can focus my attention on that, then I will have less room in my mind for focusing on myself and mm. I'll starve or I'll starve my own flesh mm. and move in the direction of feeding the spirit. If I focus on her. Amen. Amen. Man. Oh. So good. So good. All right. So Torres, this has been amazing. <laughs> so grateful for you, brother. Um, I really hope to have you back at some point. We definitely Absolutely. need to stay. We need to stay in touch. Um, yeah, I was, telling him before Chris, I'm like, I can just see a, a, a conference or something, doing something with him and some other, the guys we've had on, oh, on our yeah, podcast absolutely. as well. You know, we, we have fantastic guests. I mean, we're <laughs> yeah. just blessed. To... <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Seriously. You guys are fantastic hosts. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate it, man. Um, it's okay. So if folks want to uh, find out more about you, they want to reach out to you. Um, I'm sure they can get your book on Amazon, but yeah, how would you, how would you, uh, direct people to find you online or connect with you? Uh, well, yeah, the book is on Amazon. If you look at man code, two separate words, um, Taurus McLean, it'll come up there. It's also at a website called payhip, pay, P-A-Y-H-I-P.com slash Taurus McLean. And so we also have group discounts for anybody who's running man, uh, groups, uh, to buy bundles. So I just want right. to put that out. Um, as far as me personally, um, you can email us at hello at the hope ambassadors.com um, uh, or at gmail.com. And then you can find me on Facebook. Um, I do a right. lot of content on there, um, Instagram and, uh, and, and yeah, you know, and, 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 and also, um, TikTok as well. What, um, it, real quick, because I forgot about the, what is it? The hope for ambassadors. the hope ambassadors. The hope ambassadors. Yes. Yeah, so that's the ministry your wife and you started. How do we not talk about that? I feel terrible. So give us a, a just a quick summary. What is that about? Yeah, well, well, well really it, it was birth, you know, like the book, it was birthed out of some of the worst moments mm. of the life of our marriage. You know, we, this, this is a one-sided conversation, obviously, because it's about my perspective, but she has a whole, a whole point and, and our marriage didn't get fixed overnight. And so we went through um, some, some challenging times together, but mm. also some beautiful times getting reconciled to God individually. And God poured out so much love um, on us that the overflow was, man, let's give this out. You know, and we consider ourselves the hope ambassadors because we want people to feel inspired that whatever it looks like or whatever you're going through, there's 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 some beauty that God can do. And so we started a ministry where we're helping people be all of who God calls them to be. Um, there's some evangelistic and some um, discipleship groups, men and women attached to that. My wife has a rest for the righteous community where she's helping women. Um Hmm. Grow and discover into what God is calling them to do and sit at God's feet so they can serve from the overflow. And then I do a man code group. Um, but another thing that we're doing, which is powerful, is that um, we started hosting marriage group calls, you know, where we hmm. are helping marriages um, communicate and, and disclose things. And it's really Holy Spirit led. We're not hmm. counseling or, you know, and nothing's wrong with that. But I'm just saying we're not counseling. We're really getting into, like Chris said, how do husbands love their wife as Jesus loves the church and the church love 
yeah. um, uh, Christ. And so we're just trying to pull from that relationship and sitting at the feet of God. And uh, it's really um, giving couples an awesome breakthrough. And so that's that's another thing we're doing. And you can find that information out. Um, our website is thehopeambassadors.com. Um, and, and so that's that's how you get connected to us. And my wife is also on Facebook. And so and then we have a as though I have a Taurus McLean Facebook page. We have a the Hope Ambassadors Facebook page as well. So um, and an Instagram. So that's ways how you connect with our ministry. It's a uh, 501c, uh, 501c3 <laughs> nonprofit. That's great. That's beautiful, man. What beauty from ashes, man. Oh, praise God. Praise God. God. <laughs> yeah right well all right as we wrap up here uh we definitely want to we pr- want to pray for you before we uh finish up and uh just thank you so much torres for uh for being with us thank you for what you're doing man um gosh i'm we're, i'm inspired and and i know our listeners are um it's just so important for guys who've done the work that you've done or or let me say it this way that god has done the work in you but for other guys to hear that is is just so important um, because it it informs your the language you're using informs their story and helps them in the work that God's doing in their lives too. So it's just so important. So yeah, let me pray for you now. Oh, Father God, thank you so much for Torres. Thank you so much for his wife, for their family. God, I praise you for the mighty work that you've done through your Holy Spirit in their lives. Um, God, I pray that you'd continue to protect them sustain them, uh, inspire them, Lord, and motivate them to, uh, to continue to, to seek after your will and to fulfill the, the, your, the purposes of your kingdom, God, that you have, uh, in store for them. God, we praise you for this time together now. And we thank you for all the men, God, who, uh, you're starting to prod their heart right now as we're listening, as they're listening to us pray, God, thank you for, uh, for the message of your gospel and how it could be penetrating guys right now. Um, and so we entrust Torres and his wife and their family and their ministry, Lord, to you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Torres. I just want to thank you guys. You know, there's a message, but there's there there has to be something to get the message out through as well. Mm-hmm. So you guys, um, I know you have your own messages, but you guys are also mm-hmm. giving people um, like me an opportunity to share what God has given me. And so I really, I really can't say enough. I appreciate you guys. I appreciate the, the men you're serving through this podcast and, and then women too. And, and that, you know, um, these, these birth babies are, they, 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 they you want to steward them properly. And so you yeah. guys are really helping people. And I just, I commend you and I honor you all for that. I really do. Yeah.